Welcome to the Caged Vision Show, where each week we talk about one thing, putting your vision to work. So whether you're the CEO of a large company, maybe an executive within a large company, maybe you're a small company, maybe you are an entrepreneur that is just getting started. Each of you has a vision for where you want to go in the future, and we talk about how to get there, how to put that vision to work. Enjoy the show. Hey everyone, welcome to another episode of the Caged Vision podcast with Carrie Rome and Lisa Beck Shuck. Yes. I think we can officially say that I it's have real. changed my It name. is real. I love it. I love it. And Lisa, we got a really, really, really cool topic today. Yeah, because it's my favorite thing to I talk know, about. I know, I know, I know. So go with it. You roll. We're going to talk about storytelling your vision. And I love this because we as humans relate to stories. Mm. I'm going to throw out Donald Miller well, and you Story have to. Brand. I have to. You have to. If you haven't read Story Brand, go get the book. Go get the book. And, listen to the podcast. And listen to the Story Brand podcast. Um, I think that this is of critical importance because your, how this relates to your vision and an organization is your employees want to be relevant to your organization. It's important to them. And I feel like we do a terrible job of relating a vision to each individual employee. Yeah. And I don't know why this, um, you know, I, I, we've said in the past that executives tend to over intellectualize strategy. And when they do that, they sort of get amongst peers and they start to talk about things and they start to use words that um, could uh, could be drawn from industry trends or other consultants. And it's not intentional. Just the outcome is, it's, it is what it is. And so the question to ask is, listen, I've got a team of employees that have joined our company, have joined our organization because they want to participate in our future. And what am I doing about that? Am I plugging them into the past and having them work the past? Or am I engaging in them to participate in the future? Oh, that was good. Mm, yeah. Well said. You look surprised. I know there's always a surprise moment. Uh, not necessarily. Yeah. Well, but okay. Just, like you didn't even think about it. It just came right out and it was well said. Once a year. Uh, yeah. Occasionally more than that. Yeah. All of your neurons are firing today. That's a good thing. Well, let's keep going then. <laughs> So if your employees want to be relevant to your organization, why aren't they? Well, the problem is they're disconnected from your strategy because as a CEO, as an executive team, you develop this strategy and then you push it down to everyone else in the organization without really ever connecting the dots for them. Yeah. If you're involved in strategy, I want you to pause right now and think about how you communicate strategy more than likely it's an annual meeting and a powerpoint and if it involves that ask yourself how engaging is that for my team how do i know and i've seen some where there is the powerpoint and then there is the copy of the powerpoint that then gets handed to the different divisions for them to complete and fill in the blanks and how it's relevant to their team and there's no real guidance. There's no real alignment. There's no, and I'm thinking this is a pretty big company to be communicating strategy this well. 
or this poorly rather, which makes me think, um, what's the value that you place on that level of effort that you just undertook? And I think that CEOs need to remember that they think about strategy all the time. And yet the rest of their employees, they're actually doing the work of strategy. So for them to take a step back and think about strategy and not just the actual working action steps to get things done, that takes a little bit of time and it takes communication. Yeah. And I think the idea of this business just moves so fast these days. I think the idea of the annual strategy, I think those days are gone. Oh, I think you need at least quarterly. And I think you need, I mean, not two day go away retreats. No, a living, engaging strategy management and prioritization system that you work in that people engage in, come up for air quarterly, but have something to talk about, not reference a PowerPoint. Yes, because your employees are disconnected from your strategy. Yeah, and they want to be connected. They want to be. What what they're, we just mentioned it earlier. They're working on last year's strategy because that should have been implemented. And so you've got old processes, and hopefully you're continuously improving those processes, which you should. You've got uh, a strategy from prior years that hopefully is implemented. You're thinking about future strategy, and you've got current year strategy that you're hopefully hopefully engaging the team in. For an executive, that's a lot, but you're you're not really thinking. You're thinking about 2020 already. You're not thinking about 2019 and the execution of that. I mean, you are. But your team needs to know their part. And often they just don't. Well, they need to know how they add value. Everyone at the core of their being wants to add value to the organization. And if they don't, they don't need to be there. But if you have a highly functioning team, then every member of your team from the receptionist to the janitor to a senior level vice president needs to understand their value in the organization. And I have a story. Oh, go for your story. So that's one of the things that we're trying to implement at the bank right now is customer experience and having everyone on the front line understand their value and their relevance to the organization and what we're trying to achieve. And it's been fascinating as we sort of discuss customer experience with tellers and drive-through tellers and lobby tellers and discussing with them the fact that, and I hope I don't get this statistic wrong, but 74% of what someone, um, I'm going to use the word purchase from a financial institution, they do the very first time they set foot in that institution. So they came for a transaction. They came for a transaction. And so having the tellers and the personal bankers and the branch managers understand that the experience that they give our customer at that very single moment in time Mm -hmm. is worth an entire relationship. It's not worth one transaction to the institution. It's worth the entire relationship. Okay. I have a story to dovetail your story. When I moved to Birmingham 24 years ago, I needed a, I needed a checking account. I went into local bank, I'm not going to name them, although they have been acquired. Um, I, I went to the bank and they, um, they completely botched 
All I wanted was like a checking account. Completely botched it. And so after two weeks and bumming cash off of friends, I said, I'd like to close my checking account. And they said, why? And I said, I've, it's been two weeks. I've, you know, X, Y, and Z. Well, where are you going to go? And I pointed, I said, across the street, (laughs) right there. You can watch me because there's glass. And I went across the street and I've been with that bank ever since. That I'm using that story at my next meeting. But that's, I think that that happens at any organization. If your employees understand their relevance, their value to the organization, they can then implement your strategy. Because if they don't understand how they fit within that strategy, then they, they will not be able to make it happen. And telling the story of strategy is what we're talking about, engaging them. And the thing about it is, as a CEO, you, you know this. You weren't born a CEO. More than likely, you were an employee at some point, right? So you know this. And you know how frustrating it is to be handed a strategy or an objective and not, be, and not understand how it applies to your role. And that is what CEOs need to do. When do you think it happens where, the, where um, I mean, certainly, hopefully not the CEOs are, are listening to this podcast because they're engaged and they're, they know that they don't know everything and that are continuously looking to learn so that they can engage their employees. But for those that CEOs that just um, feel like they have all the answers, when do you think that point is where they say they look at employees and just like, ah, I can't believe they just don't get it and they're, they don't understand. And when do you, how does that happen? It's just such a bizarre thing because they were employees once. I'm thinking in my head, like where that really happens. And I am thinking of a meeting that I attend now on a weekly basis that everyone in the room is right below that level. In other words, we all look at some of the strategies and think, there is no way that we can make this work within this organization mm. because there are 5,000 things that are stopping us that are not being fixed. Does no one understand that? And so I think it's that that level when you stop doing, when you are no longer responsible. You stop for rolling up your sleeves feeling like you're not your part. It's mm-hmm. not your part. Yeah. Yeah, that's when a good you, point. When you stop doing that, and I, I don't know, at some places that may be a – um, I'm not going to say an SVP level cause I am an SVP, but, uh, you know, when you go another level and not necessarily in every department, but you know, that senior management, that executive management team that pushes down things without taking into account the obstacles that we have to achieve that. I think if they just took into account, Hey, let's figure out what are the top three reasons why this wouldn't work and Mm. is there any way we can overcome that so that it does work you know i've got a recent story that um i didn't think of it until you just said that but the 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 ceo sort of handed this off and i started working with the other team and then came back around the ceo because we figured out you know this is really this is really your part and it's been so engaging it's just been like the new energy and um yeah so that's that's a really 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 good point all right so 
There are solutions to this challenge. Yeah. I mean, you want to connect the organization to your strategy. And I think you do that by telling the story. And, um, oh, I love this first one, sharing interlocking objectives. And meaning there is an overall corporate objective, but then it has to be drilled down so that every department and individual understands what their part of that objective is to accomplish it. And you're going to tell the football example. I am going and I to think this is tell the best example. The football story. But before I tell the football story, Lisa, when I get that strategy PowerPoint so often from an executive team, and I start to use our process to map it and align it and show, okay, how is this? Often they're just not, because that's not the thought process that you use when you go through PowerPoint. The work that we do is actually should happen way before the PowerPoint. It should happen about now so that when you're ready to put the PowerPoint in, it's more cohesive and it's not so hard for your team to understand. So the football story. So the football story is it comes from a book called Measure What Matters. And that is all about OKRs, objectives, key results. And it talked about the if you're the owner of a football team, okay, your objective may be to um, increase shareholder value. That's sort of the you know the broad thing. And then to do that, you may say that we need to uh, win the Super Bowl. We need to fill the stadium to ninety percent capacity, and we need to sell merchandise and sort of high level stuff, which is often the case in a corporate strategy. But as you map that down, think through who's going to own each of those results. Well, the first one is to win a Super Bowl. That's going to be the head coach, right? And, and so the head coach starts to map out, okay, if that's my objective, if that corporate result becomes my 12-month objective, how am I going to do that? What results do I need to achieve? And more than likely, the head coach is going to say, I need this – production out of offense, I need this production out of defense, and I need this production out of special teams. Then that result is the offensive result is going to go to the offensive coordinator. That's become their objective, and they're going to create results. And so that's a simple example of how it maps down. So if you're if you're a CEO and you want to dust off the PowerPoint and open it up and see if you can do that and see that, in your PowerPoint, then you're doing it well. But for a lot of people, that's kind of hard because it's just not set up that way. That's not the point of PowerPoint. No, it's not. So once you share interlocking objectives and you drill down, you have to frame up the objective and results that you want. But then... They need to tell you what they need to deliver. And I think this is where the disconnect is. This is the disconnect. So many people, I'm going to just go back to the football example. So the head coach doesn't tell the offensive coordinator, here are the plays you need to run. If the head coach is, and there probably are some head coaches that do that. They're not winning Super Bowls. They're not winning Super Bowls. But if you can't trust the offensive coordinator to make the plan, you got the wrong person. So frame up the objective that, that aligns with yours. Tell them the results that you want. And now it's within their domain expertise. Tell them what do you need to deliver to get these results and leave it to them. Now, we're not saying don't check in and don't add uh, give input, but leave it to them to bring 
the deliverables and how they're going to execute with the team that they have and then come back and tell you, hey, here's what I need and give them what they need. I think that that's the key, though. I think that this is where strategy fails a lot of times is that I think companies there are companies that do a great job of setting out, here's our strategy, here's an objective. They may even do an okay job of it going to the next layer. Here it is, and having the offensive coordinator map out what they need. Mm-hmm. But I think where the disconnect sometimes comes is at that point, the offensive coordinator comes back to the head coach and says, okay, look, I'm good with winning the Super Bowl, but I'm going to need a different quarterback. Yeah. Yeah. And the head coach says, no, you got to do it with what you currently have. Well, at that point, the offensive coordinator, sa- coordinator says, well, I'm out because I can't make this happen. Or or you change the strategy. Look at Virginia, okay? Virginia won NCAA basketball tournament, yes. right? They, they changed the way that people play. They changed it to they – compl- they played defense – they played a completely different style of ball. They didn't hang around waiting for a rebound because they know that they're not bigger and faster. They made a shot and hustled to the other side so they could play defense because they knew that was their strength. I think that's such a great story of exactly what we're talking about. So how do you as a CEO make sure that your strategic objectives align with the strengths of your organization? Because if your offensive coordinator comes back to you and says, yeah, this is a great objective, but how you want us to achieve this is not going to work. You have to, as an organization, determine what other resources you have to successfully achieve your objective. Yeah, I mean, it's a, it's a constant feedback loop. And but that's you, where organizations fail. I know, I okay. know. Which gets us to the third point and the solution, which is, which is really the point of this podcast. It's to look for and capture success stories across the organization. Because if you can communicate and celebrate your internal champions, you're going to develop additional internal champions because people are going to understand their role and their relevancy to the overall corporate objective. Lisa, this is, I don't think there's ever been a more appropriate titled podcast, for us at least, than storytelling your vision. Because what we're talking about is... As the leader of the organization, start out with the storytelling. And once you map it down, listen for the stories. Identify those internal champions. And you know what, Lisa? When you identify those internal champions and you look for the characteristics of those internal champions and you go find more people like that, that's how you grow the organization to to, uh, achieve the results that you want in the future that you want. Well said. Well, there we go. Hey, listen, thanks for listening. We hope that you found encouragement and confidence, and we hope that you do a great job storytelling your vision. If we can help in any way, please reach out. Thanks for listening.